Hi, this is Moff Wolfman, and everyone loves the Drake. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is going to be taking a look at Tim Drake, my favorite Robin. We'll be taking a look at Tim's first appearance in Batman Year 3, that's Batman 436, and working our way through Tim's training all the way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. All right, welcome to episode 16-ish of the podcast. And I say ish, up to this point, we've done 15 episodes for the podcast of the origin of Tim Drake, starting with the very early appearance in a... Batman Year 3, which was kind of a flashback in Dick Grayson's origin where uh, Tim Drake uh, meets Dick Grayson at uh, Haley Circus and witnesses uh, the Flying Grayson's death. And then moving into the proper story for the introduction of Tim Drake in Lonely Place of Dying, then carrying that all the way through to the most recent episode in 15 where Terrence and I talked about the 1991 uh, Robin miniseries. We finished up uh, that over a course of two or three episodes and then concluding with Tim's first appearance as Robin with Batman in Gotham City and I believe it was issue 465. Uh, the story was called Debut in our most recent episode. Uh, the month of September is the time I'm recording this in 2014, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, there are two weekly series currently going on in DC Comics right now, one being Batman Eternal that uh, I absolutely love. And another one is Future's End, and it's kind of an alternate... Actually, it's not an alternate. It's kind of a possible future for the DC Universe, and without getting too much in it, what's going on right now... Um, some of the uh, main books of characters that are in this Future's End are having a one-off issue that's going on this uh, month of September, so you can kind of see what those characters were doing uh, five years into the future when this story takes place. So it kind of inspired me to do something similar, and I thought about doing this with uh, episode 52 of the podcast. You can kind of see what I'm doing with 52 there. And... I actually thought this works out pretty good, that with the future's end going on right now, and we just finished up the origin of Tim Drake in the old continuity, it might be kind of fun to take a look at Tim Drake in the current DC universe in the new 52. So, you know, you'll have like those special uh, issues that come out in your normal run of your comics. Well, this is kind of a special issue. I think I say special a lot on this podcast, but a... A different uh, episode for you on this podcast was we're going to go 25 years into the future to that uh, 
2013. What what would that look like? It's it's 1991 right now. I I wonder what 2013 is going to be like. We're going to have flying cars and we're going to have phones that you know they'll be wireless and uh, they'll be like Star Trek. Okay, we got a couple of those things. So that's what we're going to do in this podcast. We're going to look take a look at three books, and uh, they are. Batman number zero. Uh, after the first year of the new fifty-two, they did a uh, a zero issue that basically is the origin of a lot of the new fifty-two characters. And in the Batman zero issue, it kind of focuses on uh, what was going on the night the bat signal was turned on for the very first time. And there's a couple pages that deal with Tim Drake and kind of what he was doing. So that'll be the lead in, uh, the two main, uh, books that we'll be looking at is teen Titans zero, which is the origin of Tim Drake in the new 52. And then, about two years later, uh, being 2014 in August, uh, which was just last month, uh, Secret Origins number three came out, and it has uh, the origins of Green Lantern, Batwoman, and Red Robin. So, in the new 52, Tim Drake is Red Robin, and both the Teen Titans and Secret Origins are both written by Scott Lobdell. And uh, I'll kind of go into that once we actually get into the discussion portion. But it'll be interesting to see how two different uh, issues are written by the same person. Uh, Does he change some things? Does he leave things the same? So that's what we're going to be looking at here in this Future's End version of the Robin Everyone Loves the Drake podcast. I thought this would be kind of fun as a, you know, a little mini uh, episode, if you will. It'll probably be uh, the normal length episode, but something kind of cool that since we're just coming fresh off the origin of the old continuity Tim Drake, I thought it'd be kind of uh, cool to see how Tim differs from himself 25 years from now, if You pretend it's 1991. So that's what this episode is going to be. And then the next episode, we'll get right back into our main story that we are continuing to go on with the journey of Tim Drake. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to the show. Change 
before the new 52, Batman number zero, cover date November 2012, on sale date September 12, 2012. Cover price was $3.99. Editor, Mike Martz. Cover credits, Greg Capullo. Writer, James Tinian. Artist, Andy Clark. Letter, Patrick Brusaro, if I'm saying that right. And the colorist is Falco Pacancia. I'm not even probably saying that remotely correct. <laughs> Tim Drake. Robin, created by Marv Wolfman, Pat Broderick. Robin costume by Neil Adams and Norm Brayfogel. The new 52 Red Robin costume is created by Brett Booth. This was a backup story in the Zero issue of Batman, and it is called Tomorrow. This uh, deals with all three Robins, Dick, Jason, Tim, and Barbara Gordon, uh, Batgirl, but we are only going to be looking at the beginning of a story that kind of features Batgirl and Commissioner Gordon and the Tim Drake portion. But uh, the Dick and... Uh, Jason Parts are in here, but I, I'm going to leave them out of the synopsis. But if you want to check it out, definitely pick up the Zero Issue of Batman. The story, Tomorrow. Commissioner Gordon and his daughter, Barbara, are standing on top of the GCPD building late in the evening. Barbara asks her father how this whole thing is crazy, isn't it? Won't the justice system break with a masked man taking things into his own hands? Gordon reminds his daughter that she saw him firsthand and that people need to know that he's not some myth or boogeyman that is supposed to scare the criminals. We need to give the people of this city hope and let the heroes of tomorrow know that they are not alone. Across the city, at Greystone Academy, young Timothy is in Principal Renfield's office, and it's not good. The principal is scolding Timothy for his actions, and to make matters worse, it appears that Timothy is not listening. Timothy says that he was he was just shooting an email really quick from his phone a busy day and all you know principal renfield tells timothy that he has just been expelled for tampering with mr archer's computer and writing emails on a device that is specifically banned from this school timothy looks up from his phone and states uh, doesn't one kind of wash out the other one and plus you're not going to expel me renfield looks puzzled and asks why not timothy says well there are a few reasons. One, you're about to find out that I aced the aptitude test that you forced on me to prove that I was cheating on exams. And I wasn't, by the way. And you're not going to throw out the best student in school. And then there's the fact that I didn't just get into Mr. Archer's computer. I got into the entire teacher's network. And well, that reason kind of leads to the next one. I don't think you're going to stay principal very long. Principal Renfield is shocked by this. Tim tells Principal Renfield that Renfield has taken $1.6 million from the Academy over the past decade and that Tim has the whole trail of money on his phone. Timothy thought it would be fun to catch him in the act. A challenge, but Principal Renfield made it ridiculously easy. Principal Renfield used the school's email account to solicit money for Academy projects that do not exist. Timothy saw how he was spending his money and how he was treating his faculty and his staff because of his newfound wealth. Timothy knew he was a bad man. He just didn't know how bad of a man he was until he dug into his computer system. As the two are talking, there's a loud knock at the door. Timothy turns to say, I bet that's the police. Uh, that was the email I was sending to the GCPD. Uh, but before they take you away, Principal Renfield, there's a question I want to know. Renfield looks up and says, what is it? That last test that you made me take, 
Was that what I thought it was? Principal Renfield confirms it was last year's SATs. Timothy says, well, I guess that means I better start looking into colleges. But if it's all the same to you, I think I'm going to finish middle school first. Uh, now that you really don't have any say in the ordeal. At this moment, the door opens and the Gotham Police Department begin to arrest Principal Renfield. As they do so, Timothy stands up and looks out the window in the night sky, and suddenly he sees an image appear. It's a spotlight shining in the night sky, but this one is different than the most. In the middle of the light is a dark-shaped bat. How friggin' cool, Timothy exclaims. Back on the roof of the GCPD, Barbara says, A bat light? Commissioner Gordon says, It's more than a light. It's a signal. It's a signal of hope to the citizens of Gotham that a better Gotham isn't just a fantasy. And until now, it's been impossible to get a hold of him without the use of this bat signal. Now let's hope the right people see it. Barbara says they will, and that she believes in her father. Gordon says you also need to believe in him. Gordon says that anyone who stands up in this wicked town will need all the belief they can get. Gordon turns to leave and asks if she's coming. She says, not yet. I just need another minute. And stares into the bat signal. Teen Titans Zero, before the new 52, cover date November 2012, on sale date September 26, 2012, cover price is $2.99, group editor is Eddie Braganza, cover credits, pencils by Brett Booth, inker by Norman Rampett, writer Scott Lobdell, penciler Tyler Kirkman, inker Matt Banning, inker Norman Rampert, inker Jonathan Sable, letters, letter Denzi Senti, colorist Andrew Dollhouse, the story... Red Robin. There was no surprise ending to this story. From the moment that I saw Tim, it was clear he was going to forge his own destiny, and I was going to have surprisingly little to do with it. Yes, I would ultimately train him and take him into my home and make him part of my family, offer him the opportunity to be part of something bigger to make a difference. But at the end of the day, I was just means to an end. Tim is competing in his local gymnastics competition, and he is in perfect form. Tim pushed himself to be the best gymnast, the best student, the best at everything, and he was. Unlike Bruce, who was pushed by his need to avenge his parents' death, Tim's parents were front and center his whole life. Which is why what happened next is heartbreaking. Tim's fellow gymnasts tell Tim that after his routine that he was amazing tonight and he'll be ready for the Olympics next week. Tim says that he was born ready for this. Tim is greeted by his parents who cannot be more proud of their son, stating that colleges are going to be dumping scholarships on the front lawn in the morning. Tim's parents are just beaming at what their son can do. They want to take Tim off for ice cream to celebrate. Tim tells them he has another project he needs to attend to. Maybe they can celebrate this weekend. Tim turns and walks away. In a nearby car in disguise sits Bruce Wayne and Alfred Pennyworth. They were also both at Tim's meet. Bruce tells Alfred that Tim is every bit as talented as Alfred said he was. Tim has spent every waking moment trying to figure out the identity of Batman, and has come closer than anyone else ever has. Bruce says, but if you think I'm ever going to consider taking on another Robin after what happened to the last one, Alfred interrupts him. Jason, sir. Bruce fires back. I know his name is Jason Alfred. Alfred tells Bruce that he should honor Jason by using his name. Jason would not want to have Bruce retire the role of Robin. Bruce tells Alfred that Tim has something that Dick, Jason, and himself did not have when they put on their masks. A family. 
and never wants to be put in the position of having to bring home their son dead in the morning. With that, Bruce and Alfred drive away. Later that night, Tim arrives home and has a heartfelt conversation with his father. Tim's dad tells him that he has the opportunity to be something great, to be something bigger than the family, and has a chance to do something great. And it's okay to want more. Tim says that no matter what grades or trophies that he may receive, nothing will mean more to him than being... Tim says that no matter what grades or trophies he may receive, nothing will mean more to him than his dad being his dad. Tim's dad says that means more to him than he will know. Tim turns down the hall to his bedroom. Tim would later tell Batman of this night that he knew that his father was right, and before dawn, Tim's life would never be the same again. The project that Tim had been working on was Batman. Tim had seen through news clippings and by hacking his way around the internet that something was wrong with Batman, and that the sudden disappearance of Robin didn't help either. Tim was determined to make things right, but in order to do that, he had to meet Batman first. Through Tim's research, he believed he had tracked down Batman's location in an old Gotham aviary, the perfect place for Batman to operate out of. It had changed hands so many times that Tim is 100% right, but he's 100% wrong. Against his better judgment, Bruce listened to Alfred to at least meet Tim there. And on this night, Batman met Tim. Batman tells Tim that Tim only figured out the clues that he wanted Tim to figure out. Tim says he wants to apply for the role as the new help. Tim says that he will even sign over papers so that Batman is not responsible for any troubles or anything that would happen to Tim, and that he'd even work for free. Batman says that it's a kind offer, and what he does is serious business. It's not a game, and it's a matter of life and death. Tim states, like what happened to Robin, Batman jumps to the ground in front of Tim. He tells Tim that this conversation is over, and that he is never going to see Batman ever again, and that he's to go home with his family and enjoy being a kid as long as it lasts. Tim tells Batman that he doesn't get to decide what choices he makes, and that Batman needs him as much as he needs Batman, and in a flash, Batman is gone. Tim was more determined than ever to prove that he was worthy to Batman. Tim keeps finding ways to prove himself to Batman, but at every turn, Batman is always three steps ahead of him. Batman was out to avenge his parents' death, whereas Tim wants to be worthy of the pride from his parents. Batman thought that he had gotten through to Tim to give up the pursuit to be his partner, and for a week, he thought Tim had finally understood and had stopped. But one night when Batman returned to the Batcave, it happened. Alfred met him and told Batman that the young boy was hacking into computers and stealing rich and giving it to the poor. But he went too far and took all of the Cobblepot's money. He stole it all from the Penguin, just to get Batman's attention. Batman immediately turned the Batmobile around and raced out of the Batcave. As Batman raced to Tim's house, his thoughts were of Jason, not Tim. The role of Robin was never real for Jason, not up until the moment he died. And like Tim, it was a mask and a pair of boots to fill. You develop a false sense of security. You feel invulnerable because you always have someone watching over your back. And the truth is that once you commit to that, you're never safe again. As Tim arrived home that night, all was quiet. He didn't want to wake his parents, so he walked in the kitchen to pour himself some milk. And as he did, gunshots ripped through the house, one going right through the container of milk he was drinking from, and suddenly Batman appeared and knocked Tim to the floor. Tim looked at Batman, asking him what the plan was. Batman stated that he was to stay down and that Batman was going to clean up the mess that Tim had made. Batman raced out of the house to take care of the gunman. Tim crept alongside the floor to see if his parents were okay. 
Tim found them huddled beside their beds and were glad to see his son safe. Several hours later in a Justice Department building, Tim realizes his actions nearly got his parents killed playing boy detective. Batman says that he is not there to lecture him and his parents asked him to keep an eye on Tim while they're in the witness protection program. They know that if the Penguin believes that they are alive, he won't stop coming after them. And they don't want that for Tim to be in the program in the middle of nowhere, living under an assumed name. They want more than that for Tim. Tim asks, so where do I go now? Where you have always wanted to go all along with me, Batman states. Batman says that he does not want to lose another Robin. Tim is to do what Batman says when he says it and to trust him. And in time, Batman will trust him. Do we have a deal? Partner, Batman says. Tim reaches out his hand and shakes the Dark Knight's hand. Later, Tim spends a few moments with his parents. Tim tells him how sorry he is and that he will spend the rest of his life proving worthy of their sacrifice. Tim's father says, you already have. Tim's mother tells him that she loves him and the three of them hug for one last time. When Batman finally tells Tim who he is, Tim didn't act surprised. Bruce would come to know Tim's deadpan expression. In the Batcave, Alfred is holding the Robin costume in his hand. Tim looks at it and says, thanks, but it won't be wearing that one. Out of respect for Jason, he feels that won't benefit anyone. Tim leaves the room to change. Alfred says that he and Bruce feel as if they are the ones auditioning for the job. Bruce says it will keep them on their toes. Bruce knows that Tim might be a little too sure of himself, but he's got a right to be. He has a lot in front of him. Tim enters the room in his new costume, very much like Jason's red and green costume, but now in red and black. Tim says, how do I look? Be honest. Bruce turns and says, welcome aboard, Robin. Tim replies, Red Robin, partner. His name is now Tim Drake. He is Red Robin. And I was right. He is going to forge his own destiny. The New 52 Secret Origins number 3, cover date August 2014, on sale date June 25, 2014, cover price a whopping $4.99. Cover credits, Lieber Mayho, writer Scott Lobdell, artist Tyler Kirkman, letters Taylor Esposito, colorist Afri Parento, we get some easier names to pronounce here, <laughs> group editor is Eddie Berganza. The story, Red Robin, Secret Identity. Imagine the impossible, multiply it by infinity, then imagine the smartest man is on the other side of the equation using all the resources of a billionaire to maintain the most important secret of his life. That's what I was up against. But you know what? I did it at all odds. I figured out Batman's secret identity. Tim has been tracking down the whereabouts of Batman and Bruce Wayne for over a year. He's been chasing down blind cyber aliases now for a year and has narrowed down the potential candidates to two. Leave it to Batman to hide in plain sight. Although at times Batman would be battling someone like the Mad Hatter, and later that night Bruce Wayne would be in the Cannes Film Festival with lovely ladies at his side, taking the world by storm, this making it really hard for Tim to decipher who's who. At Tim's gymnastic meet, his mind is not on his performance. It doesn't need to be. Tim is that good. 
and if he's going to be Batman's partner, Tim thinks. Speaking of which, those two old men that are in the audience looking at him probably are not scouts. They're probably Batman, or somebody that works for Batman. At the end of the meet, Tim sees one of the old men opening door for the other one. What, does he need a chauffeur? Good disguise, guys. After Tim's gymnastic meet, Tim doesn't want to have supper with his parents. He wants to track down the whereabouts of Batman and see if that he's right. Batman is all about deflection. Even the emblem on his chest, the Kevlar bat, his way of ensuring that you won't aim at his head. So all the evidence is pointing to the most likely candidate, a dead arms dealer who bought the Gotham aviary. Tim decides that's where he needs to go. When Batman shows up, Tim lies. He wants to call him Bruce to, you know, maybe show off a little bit, but he can't bring himself to say it. This is Batman, and he'd only deny it anyway. Tim applies for the job, and Batman quickly turns him down and says, Go to your family. Batman tells Tim that what he does is a matter of life and death. Tim replies, Like what happened to Robin? Did I go too far, Tim thinks? I couldn't study Batman without tracking Robin. There had been two already. The recent one was just there one day, and not the next. Batman really hasn't been himself ever since. As quickly as Batman showed up to meet Tim, Batman was gone almost swallowed up by the darkness. Tim wanted to tell him that it wasn't his fault, not even when his parents were killed. I'm sure he did everything he could to protect the last Robin, that is, the previous Robin, not the last. In the basement of Tim's house, Tim is busy trying to figure out some way to impress Batman. Tim's parents become worried about his activities down in the basement. Tim's mother says that he is skipping yet another meal, and Tim just replies that he promises he just has a lot of work to do. Batman constantly turns down Tim's offers, telling him that it's not going to happen. So Tim decides to take a different approach. If you can't go to Batman, maybe you can get Batman to come to you. And decides that maybe taking a few million dollars of Cobblepot's illegal money empire and remotely donating it to charity will do just the trick. Little did Tim know that not only would he get the attention of Batman, but he would also get the attention of the Penguin himself. The Penguin's men tracked down Tim's activity back to his house and opened fire on Tim and his parents. Batman would come in to save the day and tells him to go after his parents to make sure that they're okay. I don't know how he does it himself, Tim says. He's a millionaire, right? My parents are going into witness protection, and before I knew it, I was living in Wayne Manor as Timothy Drake. My middle name has now become my last. And out of respect, I pretend to be surprised when Batman finally reveals himself as Bruce Wayne. He pretends I'm not pretending. What does surprise me, though, is the Batcave is far beneath Wayne Manor. Alfred is in the Batcave holding the Robin costume and says, You're Kate, Master Timothy. Batman replies to Tim, The job is yours if you want it. Tim notices that he's been missing something and asks what happened to the previous Robin. Batman tells him his name was Jason Todd. Batman tells him that he was a good kid at heart, but he was troubled, even before becoming Robin, and he was dealing with a lot of issues and rage from his life before we met. I tried to help him redirect it, but in the end, I realized that sometimes people necessarily can't be saved, even from themselves. Tim says that must have been hard for you. Batman replies, do you understand now why I hesitate to take on another Robin? even with one with your credentials? Alfred tells him, The past isn't always a precursor, Master Tim. You must not be afraid of it. Tim says, I'm not at all, but I do have a compromise I'd like to make. 
Alfred replies, really, how unique. Batman tells him that's not how it works. Tim says that he has no interest living in a batocracy and if he could have a moment alone. Tim returns to a room and puts on a Robin costume, but not the outfit Alfred is holding. The new outfit Tim wears is red and black instead of red and green out of respect for Jason. Tim stands in front of a portrait of Jason Todd and says to the painting, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to have my own success and make my own mistakes. I'm never going to be you, Jason. I'm never going to be Robin, but I'm going to damn well do my best to make you proud. Red Robin and Batman were pretty great for as long as it lasts. Partners. But soon the time comes to move on. Tim always felt like he needed a new challenge. It's not personal, and Bruce gets that. Tim says, this goodbye is not forever, Bruce. Bruce says the thought never entered his mind. Alfred tells him Godspeed, Master Tim, and no matter where you are, remember, you're always welcome home. For how long at last, call me Tim Drake, call me Red Robin. I'm always going to be the dog with a bone, and then the next one. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes to drink, especially the cakes. Come on, Robin, to the Batcave. We haven't one moment to lose. Okay, that was the three synopsis for Batman Zero, Teen Titans Zero, and Secret Origins Zero. Now, there is a little bit I would like to add. Uh, this is from Teen Titans uh Annual number three in the New 52. This was the end of Scott Lobdell's run. I just wanted to note this as, you know, these were origins. I wanted to put this in here as well, that at the end of the run, uh, Scott Lobdell alludes to uh, that each of the Titans go on to do different things. And at one point, I'm going to read this last little page here. It's a shot of Red Robin and Batman kind of soaring above Gotham City. And it says, to the streets of Gotham City, they went back to where they fit best. Tim says, Bruce, it's good to be back. And Batman says, I don't disagree, Tim. So at some point when the uh, this uh, version of Teen Titans uh, ends, uh, that all the members split up for a little while, and Tim goes back to being Batman's partner for another short time. So uh, one can make the argument that uh, some more of those classic Tim Drake stories fit in here. But I just wanted to get uh, that out just for the sake of uh, just letting you know what was going on with the New 52 with Tim. Now, the next big thing is, uh, what did I think of this origin story uh, for Tim Drake that was kind of told through three issues? Uh, being three years in the New 52, they already kind of retconned a little bit or made more clear of some of the events that happened in the New 52 with Tim. So this will be my version of uh, Future's End part of the podcast, since this is the month of September when this uh, episode is getting released in 2014, and they're doing a five-year time jump into the future, and uh, what things could potentially happen if things go uh, the way they are in the New 52. Not everything is written in stone, uh, but I thought this would be kind of cool to uh, jump ahead uh, 25 uh, years into the future of DC Comics, and is this what's going to happen to to Red Robin, and maybe some of you think, uh, unfortunately, it does. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into my thoughts and feelings of what I think as the uh, episode uh, continues. Having a lot of this kind of 
uh, happen in a five-year span. Um, a lot of people are like, uh, just kind of forget the five years. You know, if Batman's been around for about five to six years, he's had three Robins already. That doesn't leave a lot of uh, time span in between. And uh, I've heard some people say, well, the five years is really when the public is made aware of superheroes. So uh, some of the adventures could have happened before the people knew about uh, you know, Batman and his world. So, um, Batman could have been operating as a myth for a little bit longer, uh, before public awareness. So you could fit in the Dick Grayson stuff, uh, during that time span and maybe even Jason, but, um, we're going to kind of just leave the five year aspect out of it. And, um, a way I've always liked it, that everything can happen in the, whatever time frame best suits for you. It's not like if we change the timeline here a little bit, it's going to make it really hard for you to understand. Something that they did in the zero year, the Nightwing issue, is make Dick Grayson the one that discovers Bruce Wayne's identity. And it's kind of done like in The Dark Knight Rises, where um, John Blake just kind of notices this the pain and anguish that's on you know Bruce Wayne's face. And that's kind of uh, what they did in the zero year for Nightwing, that... Uh, Batman was there at the circus and can see the, you know, the grinning of the teeth and the furrowed brow. And then when he meets uh, Bruce Wayne, kind of sees the same jawline structure and the furrowed brow and Bruce Wayne and is like, oh, I get it. You're Batman. I thought that was a real cheesy way to do it. In the Teen Titans Zero, they kind of allude to, uh, at least when Scott Labdell was writing it, that Tim thinks he knows who Batman is and... Uh, Batman leads him on a wild goose chase, and Tim doesn't actually really know that he is uh, Bruce Wayne, that uh, Bruce has to uh, reveal himself to Tim once he takes him in. And then jumping to uh, two years later, when the secret uh, Origins issues comes out, Scott Labdell kind of sort of retcons that, and you find out from Tim's perspective that he was right all along, that he knew that uh, Batman was Bruce Wayne and that Batman doesn't want to acknowledge it and kind of like half-heartedly believes like, oh, he didn't realize uh, who I was, but it's kind of understood that they both knew that Tim uh, figured it out. And then in the secret origin number one for Dick Grayson, they took that away from him, giving uh, Tim Drake being the one Robin who uh, discovers Bruce Wayne's identity or Batman's secret identity. And that's, that was Tim's big uh, claim to fame that he was the smartest of all the Robins and was able to figure that out. So getting that out of the way, it it is a very very different origin story from 1989, where we've been you know just coming out of in the podcast and now jumping to 2014. It probably in the way of moving the stories along. Um, I still think if you're still establishing. Uh, Nightwing, uh, Dick Grayson being in the circus and having the trapeze uh, accident with his family, and that's all still there, that Tim Drake still should have been in the audience. And that could have been uh, the seed. And that makes perfect sense, too. If you're going to, okay, how can we expedite some of Tim's training in this time gap or this space of time that DC Comics is saying that their universe uh, is in? Instead of making Tim like this photographer kid uh, that's a sleuth detective, you give him a sleuth detective being really smart 
in his uh, boarding school uh, that we see in the academy that he's in where he's able to uh, do a little detective work on his uh, principal and find out he's been stealing money. And Tim, you established that Tim is very good at computers at a young age, as some kids are. I can look at my niece and nephews and watch them operate an iPad extremely well. And I go, how did, how did you do that? And you're five years old. So, uh, it's not a stretch to go, okay, this kid being in junior high is very, very good at computers. I'm sure, uh, you know, four or five kids that are just phenomenal at computers right now. And imagine what they're going to be like when they're 16 or 17. So I'll, I'll buy that for a new continuity. And I'll also buy the fact that you put Tim into gymnastics, that he's an athlete. Um, that can do tumbling and all these other things. So you get the agility part out of the way. And then it's probably just some uh, hand-to-hand combat. And uh, they could have gone into Tim going overseas like they had in the uh, Robin miniseries. And maybe that's just part that you leave out for um, moving the story along. So I'll, I'll go with all of that. Uh, the thing that I think just drives me batty when reading the story that uh, his actual last name is not Drake. It's uh, if in the old continuity that this podcast is going to be uh, primarily in, uh, Tim's full name is Timothy Jackson Drake. So if I am understanding it right from what Scott Labdell wrote, that his middle name now becomes his last name. So uh, maybe his name in the new 52 is uh, Timothy Drake Jackson, which I I kind of, kind of, sort of get what I would have done if I was Scott Lobdell is I would have had them still been the Drakes. Um, gone is uh, Tim's parents being uh, millionaires like the Waynes were, and the trip to Haiti is now gone, and the Obeya man is now gone, and uh, his parents are both much alive. And I, I thought it was kind of a, a clever way to throw Tim's parents into witness protection. That uh, Tim is kind of too smart for his own good, and he has to pay a price. I would have still called them the Drakes. If you're moving the Tim Drake character or the Drakes into witness protection, go back to the old continuity when it's obvious Bruce takes him in and makes him part of his family. And in the old continuity, which I hope we get to this point, that uh, when Bruce adopts Tim, Tim takes on the last name of Wayne. So why not have done that for the new 52, that his name's not Tim Drake? Well, it was, but because of Tim kind of screwing up and stealing the Penguins' money, uh, the Drakes have to go into witness protection, and that Tim is just adopted by Bruce Wayne and now becomes a Wayne. He's Timothy Wayne. I think that would have been uh, a cool way to handle still leaving him an actual Drake um, and not uh, Timothy Jackson. So... Um, I'm probably splitting straws here, splitting hairs, but um, it it was one part of the origin that um, bothers me. And the other portion of the origin in the New 52 that bothers me, that they established that Tim is an excellent gymnast. He is on the rings and the parallel bars and the balance beam, and that there are colleges that are sending scholarship notices to their house and the Drakes are so proud and the day and age of the internet and photography and all this stuff, 
uh, Timothy Jackson or whatever his real last name is. Uh, I'm going to call him Tim Drake. Tim Drake, uh, he, if the recruiters are knowing who he is and what he looks like, um, why on God's green earth is Bruce going to adopt this kid and bring him into Wayne Manor and the whole world not know who he is and the penguin not know who he is and go, oh, well, look, Bruce Wayne just uh, adopted this kid. And he sure looks like that Tim Drake kid. And isn't that's the kid that stole money from me. So that's got to mean his parents are witness protection. Wouldn't that throw up a huge, huge red flag? Um, okay, I'm going to get off that one. That That's the part of the origin that just drives me absolutely batty. Um, that you're establishing Tim as this great athlete. And I don't care who you are. Uh, it's not like if Le- LeBron James was a kid in high school, uh, you're not going to hide this kid with a wealthy uh, millionaire. You're going to instantly know, hey, isn't that LeBron James? So um, there you go. We're adding Le- LeBron James and do a Tim Drake's origin. So we'll, we'll, we'll just get out of that. Now, that having being said, I think Tim's original origin should have just been left alone. That's like changing Batman's origin where... Uh, Bruce's mother is alive or, you know, uh, Jor-El is the one that takes Clark to earth and he comes here with his son and maybe dies, you know, shortly after you start changing a little bit of the origin or or chunks of the the origin of a character who has lasted 25 years uh, doesn't really represent who and what they were before. Um, Some people say Tim has been a shell of himself in the new 52. And I'm, I'm somebody that I was on all 33 issues, including the three annuals of Scott Lobdell's teen Titans run. And it was, it was a chore to read. And, uh, I would go in every month to the comic book store and a guy behind the counter would say, why are you still on this title? It's, it's not really good. And I said, I'm a Tim Drake fan. This is the only book that Tim Drake is in. And if I'm not picking up a Tim Drake book, I don't have an avenue or a vehicle to read about my favorite character. Uh, in the New 52, in the very beginning, I could not stand the Red Robin costume. But something kind of happened after a while. It started to grow on me uh, a little bit. And now I really kind of like it. And there's an action figure coming out. And I'm eagerly wanting the Tim Drake Red Robin costume action figure for the New 52. I would have liked to have seen maybe an, an updated version of his... Um, now classic Red Robin costume with the full cowl. I think that would have been cool. Um, something that they did a lot with the new 52 characters uh, that they redesigned all of the Robin costumes. Um, gone are the pixie boots and shorts that Dick and Jason would wear. They now have full pants and each Robin costume was a little bit different. And Tim's uh, Robin costume, and we'll get into that in just a second. In the death of the family issue, you see for a moment, in a uh, weird panel where Tim is in his red and black Robin costume and gone are the black tights or the black um, underwear, if you will. So like Batman's, the underwear is gone. So it's just red, but it still has the paneling lines. So now that I've said that um, there's a lot of argument that Tim Drake was never actually Robin. Um, I will argue, yes, Tim is a Robin and he just happened to be a red Robin. Um, that that's how Tim referred to himself. The media still referred to him as Robin because you have the R on the chest and you look very similar to the uh, two previous Robins. But as far as Tim was concerned, he wasn't going to call himself Robin out of respect to Jason Todd. 
And I thought that was a a nice little addition that they put in the new 52. In the old continuity, uh, the only Robin that uh, Tim ever got along with was uh, Dick. Um, as many of us know, in the new, in the old continuity, Tim and Jason fought like cats and dogs, and Jason tried to kill Tim on a couple different occasions. And then when you throw Damien in the mix, uh, Damien even tries to kill <laughs> Tim at one point, and they were constantly at each other. The Damien and Tim relationship I could see... Uh, because Tim is the adopted Wayne, uh, Damien is the actual true Wayne. But in the new continuity, in the new 52, they make uh, very well known that Tim and Jason are very much, uh, I would say, close friends. I think due to the honor that uh, Tim has for uh, Jason. Um, throughout the Teen Titans run, uh, Tim and Jason uh, correspond back and forth and um, even in the Death of the Family run with uh, Scott Snyder and uh, the tie-in issue with Scott Lobdell, Tim and Jason are both working together uh, side by side. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought a, a cool idea would be to have a Red Robin, Red Hood title or something like that. Um, as maybe as opposed to Red Hood and the Outlaws. Get Tim off of uh, Teen Titans. And uh, the Outlaws were okay, but I was more interested in the... Tim and Jason story. So it'll be kind of cool to have a, a two Robin book. I'm okay with the, the red Robin thing. It's uh, Tim has now in the new 52 has never worn the red and green costume. It's always been the one year later costume. So now instead of that costume being an honor uh, and a tribute to Connor Kent, it's now an honor and a tribute to Jason Todd saying, you know, I'm going to be uh, Batman's partner, but I'm not going to wear Jason's costume. That's not going to do Batman any good. That won't do me any good. I'll be filling uh, a shoe or a costume uh, for something that tragically happened to somebody else. And I want to honor that. So uh, that kind of goes into why Jason's uh, costume ends up in the trophy case. Uh, Tim creates his own uh, costume. So I'm I'm okay with that in the new 52 since you've established that uh, Superboy is not Connor Kent. So now the red and the black costume doesn't have that same meaning. So I'm okay with that. Once Scott Lobdell came out and said yeah, Tim was very much Batman's partner, that those stories and adventures happened, uh, that was just a twist that they put on it that uh, Tim refers to himself as Red Robin and Batman does. So especially somebody like me at first that put a lot of uh, people up in arms, but I still look at it. Tim is a Robin. Uh, it's not like he became Nightwing or became something else after leaving. Uh, he maintained uh, a Robin status. He's just a red one. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, now that we are three years into the new 52, um, I am really liking Red Robin, and I'm liking Red Robin even more now, and he's starting to feel more like the Red Robin that we knew in Batman Eternal. Uh, reading the Batman Eternal book where James Tinian, uh, Tynan, I think is how you say his name, is now uh, writing uh, the Tim Drake and Harper Rowe part of the uh, storyline, uh, and he has stated that Tim was his favorite Robin, so... Uh, that made me feel good that here's a guy that understands Tim and grew up with Tim, probably very much like I did. I think uh, uh, Tynan and myself are very close in age. So reading the Batman Eternal weekly series, when we get to the Tim Drake parts, it feels like Tim Drake and it kind of sounds like Tim Drake. Um, I've never wanted to like step all over a, a, another writer or something like that. But uh, Scott Lobdell, I don't think ever really understood 
the Teen Titans, and it it just baffles me in the New 52 that Lobdell lasted 33 issues, again, counting the three annuals. It actually ended at 30, but he wrote every single issue, and he had... uh, Artists come and go. Brett Booth did uh, some really good uh, chunk, and Eddie Barrows did some as well. It's it just really struck me as funny that at right up until the thirtieth issue, uh, you had Snyder and Capullo on the Batman title from the very beginning. You had up until uh, the Grayson and uh, Forever Evil. You had Kyle Higgins on the book. And you had Scott Lobdell. And I think that is about it as far as writers that stayed on from issue one all the way through up until most recently till now Scott Lobdell is gone back to Red Hood and the Outlaws. So um, it's an interesting time. I've, I've always been somebody that says, if nothing ever changes, then nothing ever changes. If everything would have stayed in the 1930s and 40s, then Dick Grayson would have always been Robin and we never would have had all these other things, and it could have been campy. So I could imagine somebody that was in the golden age of comics when the Silver Age comes in. Well, they've changed things. This isn't my my favorite era anymore. It's it doesn't represent this lightheartedness. And then when the Bronze Age comes in, some people that were in the Silver Age could be saying the very same thing. And then you have the Modern Age, and just it goes on and on and on. So I think those of us right now that can remember some Silver Age stuff, and we grew up in the modern age, and we are now in the age of the New 52, where are those ones that say, well, now everything that I love is gone. This is a whole new universe. And luckily, being Batman fans, we have most of our continuity intact. Out of all of the Robins, uh, Tim is the one that has been changed probably the greatest as far as his origin is. And then you will add Jason Todd into the mix, too, that he has some tweaks into his origin as well. Um, but I, I'm still the belief that I just I include the things that I want to include into the origin and the things that make sense. The other thing is that Tim has no idea of who Jason Todd was. So um, Bruce or excuse me, Tim is able to figure out who Bruce is now having it being retconned. So that's given back to him, but he still has to ask about Jason Todd. And that was, that was another endearing thing that I liked about Tim, that uh, Tim really knew his stuff. He knew that Dick Grayson was Nightwing. He knew that Jason Todd was Robin and could see all these things and knew the importance of that Batman needs a Robin. Uh, That, that part is still here that, Tim knows that Batman is in bad enough shape that he needs somebody, and Tim wants to be the one to do that. Uh, he thinks this will uh, really uh, give the uh, the pride that he's looking for. He's he's getting it from his parents, and his parents are at every gymnastic meet, but he still wants that little bit more, and that pride is what gets him into trouble later on. Uh, but I, I think it's a, a disservice to the character that you're still not going to give uh, Tim all of the things that he currently had. And that, that was just something that, that Tim knew everything. Uh, Tim would be the kid in the classroom. I, we were going to a, a convention recently, which you heard uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez at the beginning of this uh, podcast, this episode, that we were talking about the Robins, that uh, you had the uh, Dick Grayson character who was Robin kind of... A, long enough ago that it was it was something that he did that he was established in his uh nightwing uh persona 
as, you know, oh yeah, I used to ride that ride as a kid, you know, type of analogy. Then you had Jason Todd, who was the screw up Robin, <laughs> you know, the one that was constantly going to the principal's office and getting Saturday schools. Uh, then you had uh, the smart kid in class being Tim Drake, the one that uh, wrecks the curve for everybody that's a C student. Uh, Tim Drake is the a student, you know, that is taking college prep courses in eighth grade, you know, that type of kid. Then you have Damien Wayne, who's a snobby rich kid that uh, thinks the world is, he's entitled to the whole entire world. Uh, that's how I always uh, viewed all of the Robins. So, um, but the thing that always attracted me most to Tim is that he was so smart that he, he knew all those things of all the previous Robins, uh, obviously excluding Damien, he wasn't able to figure out that he uh, slept with uh, Talia. He had that instant connection with Dick. He had the big brother and Dick uh, Grayson. And uh, Jason Todd looked at Tim as, you took this Robin role for me. I come back from the dead and I don't get the warm welcome reception. There's already somebody in my shoes. Uh, those That belongs to me. So what do I think of uh, Tim Drake in the new 52? Uh, the first thing I'll say is um, I'm glad I'm not a Wally West fan because uh, Wally West has not been in the new 52 for three years. Uh, Stephanie Brown is just now making her first appearance through the pages of Batman Eternal. It sounds like uh, Cassandra Kane is kind of somewhere out there, and we've got Donna Troy. There's, there's plenty of DC characters out there that are not yet represented in the new 52. Uh, yes, Tim is not uh, the character that he used to be and the thing that uh, drew me in and made me become a Robin fan. Uh, but there are those pieces that are still there. And uh, this Tim Drake, uh, some people, uh, and I, I feel the same way, think that it's better to have this Tim Drake than none at all. And it's nice to see that uh, James Tiny and right now in uh, the pages of Batman Eternal is writing a Tim Drake that I can read and go, this sounds like Tim Drake that I grew up with in uh, the 90s and the uh, early 2000s. So uh, that's that's my take on the origin of the New 52 and kind of what I think about um, uh, how Tim is portrayed. Um, yes, I would love to have just the classic Tim Drake back, but, uh, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of this Tim Drake as well. Um, that was, uh, my look at, uh, my futures end or episode for the podcast. I thought I would do something a little different. Um, kind of took the month off to finish up some uh, family vacation and just kind of take some time around for home here. Uh, the podcast will go back to its normal bi-weekly status and we will be jumping into uh, the story that actually preceded the previous issue of uh, the almost quick return of Lynx and King Snake in the Shadow Box series. And I will cover all three of those issues in a, the next podcast in episode uh, 17. So thanks for listening to this podcast. And I'd be curious to know uh, what you think of uh, Tim Drake's New 52 origin or the things that you like, dislike. Are you reading it? Were you reading Teen Titans as long as I was? Uh, shoot me an email at uh, r10myers at yahoo.com. 
gmail.com or leave a message on the Batman Universe Facebook page or leave a message over at Robin Everyone Loves the Drake. Like, click, and subscribe. And we will see you guys and we will go back to 1991 and we will continue on through the journey of uh, Tim Drake and uh, quickly arriving at uh, the Robin ongoing series that went 183 issues. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. This has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman-related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it. Much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, one zero M-Y-E-R-S at yahoo.com and I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the batmanuniverse.net your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care. <laughs>